The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spa, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, a little article from Wall Street Journal Online, the technology um, area of that, back, oh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Now, this is pretty heady stuff, and I, I struggled whether or not to even share it on the program because um, unless you're in this world, it, it can feel a little, I don't know, nerdy maybe. Should I use that word? Uh, this is an article from Julia Angwin. It's uh, about online tracking, and uh, uh, she says that popularity of user-tailored advertising fuels data gathering on browsing habits. Whew, that's a lot. Right. Well, her article is all pegged on a new study by a data management company called Crux Digital. And essentially, Crux takes a look at online tracking. And um, really, you know, we know there's a lot of privacy issues out there about tracking people's data online. Well, Crux follows all the rules and regulations, and we do know that we have the ability out there today to track a ton of data. Well, apparently in real-time bidding for data, um, advertisers actually buy data about users' web browsing. So in other words, they're finding out where you're going, how much time you're spending on there, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you have the ability to bid for that information, and um, as soon as a user visits a web page, according to Julia Anglin, the visit is auctioned to the highest bidder. And it's based on attributes such as the type of page visited or previous web browsing. Now, this real-time bidding is now making up 18% of online display ad market. That's up 13% over last year, according to Forrester Research. So really what's happening is, according to analysts at Forrester, is we're moving from what's called a traditional advertising model of buying impressions to actually buying a single impression. Um, more and more companies are doing this. Um, just something to be aware of, especially if you're in the business of buying advertising. Um, could be pretty darn, darn interesting thing to watch. 
and even your company may be participating in it. Well, our first profile today is the Prada professional, a woman who is committed to her career trying to achieve that work-life balance. She's median age of 36, a graduate of college, um, married, three-quarters of them are married, employed full-time, and most of them are parents. Uh, she's making more than 150000 a year. And, you know, she's really valuing her relationship. She has a close circle of friends. She feels like it's really important to be respected by her peers. Um, she feels like owning quality things are really a reward for all the effort that she puts into her work. She's a workaholic, she says, and very practical with an outlook on life. Um, home is important to who she is, and so is the environment. She recycles, and she looks for brands that are environmentally friendly. She's shopping at Neiman Marcus and Nordstrom. She's driving a BMW and an Audi. Um, she's even buying Simple Green household products. Uh, so if you're a marketer, uh, how do you connect with this product professional? Well, she's reading magazines and viewing cable and network TV for entertainment and getting her information online. Real Simple is really uh, popular in style, shape, vanity fair. Uh, she's watching E, Food Network, Fine Living. And uh, you know what? She's talking to her friends a lot, too. That's where she gets a lot of her information. Well, talking with me today is Caroline Turner. She's the founder and CEO of Difference Works. It is a gender and generational um, agency that works with companies on really leveraging the differences between masculine and feminine characteristics in the workplace. Caroline is an author as well. She's penned the, the book Difference Work improving retention, productivity, and profitability through inclusion. And we're going to be talking about those differences and what we can get, how we can get them to work in the workplace. More when Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I signed us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. 
I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. WebmasterRadio.fm, keeping you out of rush hour traffic. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Joining me today is Caroline Turner, founder and CEO of Difference Works and the author of Difference Works, improving retention, productivity, and profitability through inclusion. Caroline is an expert in gen- gender and generational differences, and I'm thrilled to have Caroline on the show today. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Maria. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, before we jump into all the, the questions I have lined up for you today, please do share with listeners what you do there at Difference Works. Today's workforce, your listeners know, is more diverse than ever in terms of cultural differences, generational differences, gender differences, all kinds of differences. And the focus of Difference Works is to help leaders appreciate and leverage those differences and get substantial upsides of diversity in the workplace. Well, and I know you have a book by the same name, and in it you do talk about leveraging both the masculine and feminine approaches to work. Of course, one has to assume that we have to admit that there are differences, and we need to be okay with that. Is that right? Absolutely. I think it's been a few decades since the word feminist meant that we thought there were no differences in men and women. Um, There absolutely are, although I focus less on men and women and more on masculine and feminine because both men and women have both masculine and feminine strengths and attitudes and behaviors. Our culture and the common, sort of most common workplace uh, tend to be out of balance, valuing the masculine approach more. And my goal is that Both men and women model and appreciate both masculine and feminine. When you talk about men and women, it's really easy to stereotype, and then you just end up with people going, well, I'm not like that at all. So instead of talking about men and women, I I have two prototypes. Max, who could be Maxwell or Maxine, represents sort of the most common male what men are most likely to do. And Fran, could be spelled with an E or an I, represents what the average woman is most likely to do. So I take Max and Fran into the workplace to establish a common definition of masculine and feminine and find out two things. One, that both have strengths, and two, that results are better when you have both. Very interesting, and I love that, that you you really are trying to steer away from stereotypes because I think that, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing, I suppose, but I do think that we do tend to make judgments based on your gender, and we do know that there are very specific differences. I am curious, what are some of the differences that you, you counsel on that show up specifically in the workplace? Well, I think of these masculine-feminine differences as on a continuum from extremely masculine to extremely feminine. Mm-hmm. And people operate all along there, although rarely at those extremes. And any one man or any one woman may not illustrate these clear distinctions in masculine and feminine, but in general, there are these differences. So 
I actually divide the workplace into 10 areas and then explore, again, how Max and Fran operate. And I'll give you some, and you tell me when you've had enough or if you want more. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right, so one of them is structure, like how we structure organizations, teams, even meeting space and workspace. And, and Max tends to structure things hierarchically, the masculine approach. Mm-hmm. And Fran, the feminine approach, tends to structure things in more flat structures. I use the term network. And just there's a punchline for each one of these. A good leader knows when each of those structures is going to get the best results. Another area I call work focus, which is like what's front of mind when you're making a decision or solving a problem. And for Max, again, the masculine approach, it's the goal. Very, very goal-focused. And for the feminine approach, it's the goal, but also what's the process for getting to the goal and who's involved in it. So once again, if you have only Max thinkers making a decision, you're going to tend to do what the alpha male says, what the leader says, and you're going to pursue that goal and find everything else distractions. If you all have all, excuse me, all feminine thinkers, Hi there. they will include everybody and get lots of um, input and get lots of buy-in and process and process and process and maybe be very slow. But if you have a team that has both masculine and feminine thinkers, the masculine thinkers will keep you focused on the goal so you don't get too far afield. And the feminine thinkers will make sure the process is the right process and that all the right uh, things are taken into consideration. So, again, an enlightened leader wants both on his team so he can get the best results. Another area is how we get people to do what we want them to do. In a hierarchy, think about it. How you get somebody to do what you want them to do is you tell them what to do. You know, you think of the military world. You, Mm -hmm. You give orders. Whereas in Fran's world of more flat network structures and inclusion, she's more likely to persuade. And again, sometimes you you need to tell somebody what to do. And sometimes persuading will get better outcomes. So there are lots more areas. Tell me how many you want to do. I can talk about how we talk, how we do conflict, how we do you know, humor. Yeah, I do think um, I think conflict resolution is an important one because you know I do believe that. We can't avoid conflict in the workplace, and but we have to get beyond work um, conflict. And so how we resolve it, just in our personal lives, I'd be interested in how that mirrors in the workplace. Yeah, I actually think many, many workplaces don't have healthy conflict resolutions. You know, we tend to avoid conflict or do it uh, indirectly. But on the masculine-feminine continuum, the masculine way of handling conflict is to do it directly. Mm-hmm. Straight on, think of fight or flight. Um, so, you know, take it right on and clear the air and move on. Whereas the feminine approach is more indirect and a little bit more avoidance. And again, many conflicts that arise in the workplace ought to be attacked directly, and others maybe not so much. So, again, having a balance is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I do. One. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to mention one other, Maria, and that is talk because it's pervasive. And when you look at the differences in how sort of the 
average man talks in the workplace versus the average woman, I think most people would agree it's 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 very different. Uh, Max tends to declare. He speaks with confidence because status matters a great deal to him, and in a hierarchy, speaking with clarity and directness um, is a good thing, whereas Fran is more likely to disclaim and soften her speech a bit. Um, so there are huge differences in, I say there are actually two different languages in the workplace, and the predominant language is Max's, but if we don't know there are two different languages and we take each other literally, mm-hmm. we can miss out on some important things and end up causing more problems than we solve. And, and, and one I, final point is, in the workplace, understanding these differences is about inclusion and retention. But a lot of your uh, listeners are interested in marketing and uh, selling to the women's market. And understanding and appreciating these differences can make a big difference in your marketing and selling results as well. Absolutely. Very very good point, Caroline, because um, we know that female consumers, women consumers, want to do business with brands that they feel like get them. And, and the only way we know, really, if they get us is how they communicate with us, what those messages are. And, um, and when we talk about communication, it could be at retail, it could be virtually, it could be in sales materials materials, um, collateral materials, but yes, communication is key, and it's interesting that you talk about two language, languages being spoken. I would imagine in the workplace that those languages, if there's not an understanding that they are different, but not necessarily one is better over the other, then, then there could be some stereotyping that falls out of that. That's right. For example, when Fran or the, someone who speaks the feminine way, uh, uses disclaimers and hedges and, you know, doesn't assert herself a great deal. If uh, a, a masculine thinker takes that literally, he thinks of her as lacking confidence or the conviction of her ideas. Whereas if Fran, the female, the feminine version, is not aware of the differences and she hears a masculine speaker sounding very, very sure of himself and very directive, if she assumes he really knows what he's talking about, <laughs> instead of saying that's really his opinion, he's just expressing it as the truth, then she can miss out on the opportunity to contribute. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So a, a, a greater awareness is certainly needed, and clearly that's what you're all about there at Different Works. We here on Purse Strings, you know, we talk a lot about diversity, the, the need for diversity in the workplace, especially at the highest levels of corporations and on boards where we know all too few women and minorities are represented. Can you talk a little bit about how this lack of diversity is actually eroding the financial upside at many companies? Oh, yeah. Your listeners clearly know the power of the women's market. And they may, many of them also know of the research that demonstrates a strong correlation between gender diversity at the leadership levels and bottom line results, returns on a number of financial and non-financial measures. Um, So we know that gender diversity in leadership actually pays. There's a lot of fascinating research, or it's fascinating to me, on the outcomes from diverse or heterogeneous groups as opposed to homogeneous groups. 
um, Aaron Reeves does a lot of work in this area. Their jury studies, um, Kellogg School of Business uh, published a study last year to actually get at what everybody sort of says but doesn't really necessarily believe, and that is that you get better decisions when you have diverse perspectives. And those studies actually find that um, it's the discomfort of difference that leads to better decisions. So if you're in a homogeneous group, it may feel more comfortable, but that's not a good thing for careful processing of information. Having someone different than you at the table actually makes you pay attention more. Isn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So business misses out on these upsides um, of just difference and gender diversity if women either leave or stall out, which means they stop climbing or don't reach their potential, or frankly, if they conform. If women are in an organization where only the masculine way is valued and they are really good at adapting, they'll conform, and then the business really doesn't get the strengths of the whole masculine-feminine continuum. So again, having women doesn't guarantee results. Having a balance of men and women makes it more likely there will be a balance of masculine and feminine, and then business gets the benefits of both of those. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine conforming isn't something that necessarily is productive for retaining some of your best and brightest female employees. When we come back, I do, do want to talk to you a little bit about that increased retention of female employees because we are seeing women tend to opt out as they can climb the ladder. So more from Caroline Turner when Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. 
Try My SEO Tool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to the place your competitors get their edge. Jump on it. We're here for you 24-7. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. I've been chatting with Caroline Turner. She's the founder and CEO of Difference Works and the author of a book by the same name, Difference Works, Improving Retention, Productivity, Profitability Through Inclusion. And we've been talking about masculine and feminine approaches at work, not not male and female, because that could lead to stereotyping, but masculine and feminine approaches and how we need a greater understanding of those differences in order really to drive um, business. And right before we took a break, we were talking about um, how just having women at the table isn't necessarily going to do the trick when it comes to improving the bottom line. It's about how you include them and involve them. And you were talking about some women may feel the need to conform. And I was curious, is that if they do feel the need to conform, are they are they apt to become dissatisfied and eventually leave? And how can companies, as a follow-up question, increase the retention of their female employees? Well, I know personally you can um, do a lot of unconscious conforming. So I think a lot of women may not even be aware that they are conforming. Well, you, you know, I've said the workplace is predominantly masculine. It was made by and for men. So it's really natural that women come into the workplace a few decades late and look around and say, how are things done here? And conforming is the way people survive. It's not a bad thing, but I believe it is exhausting to conform when you're not conscious of it. I know I was general counsel at Coors and there were times I had to behave in a fairly masculine way in order to be effective. And if I did that consciously, that was fine. But I also then needed to sort of restore and uh, recharge my batteries because if you spend 24-7 or even, let's say, your 8- or 10-hour workday conforming, you can burn yourself out and, more important, lose yourself. And then again, as we've already said, the business loses the benefit of diversity. Um, before a company can say, okay, what am I going to do about it, I, I think they need to understand uh, what causes uh, women to either leave or sort of stall out and not reach their potential. And we have to acknowledge one obvious issue, and it's sort of the work-life balance issue, women's roles in the family. The Anne Marie Slaughter article in the Atlantic last week has gotten a huge amount of attention. Yes. And she points to an issue that is not just a women's issue anymore. It was, frankly, in my parents' generation, a woman's issue. Well, hardly. <laughs> but it's no longer a woman's issue. So that's a huge thing that must be paid attention to. But where I focus is on organizational culture because I know how hard it is to juggle work and family. But if a woman is doing, a woman or a man is doing that juggling in a culture where they don't feel valued or heard or feel they must conform um, and are not sure they can succeed, that juggling act isn't worth it. And if they are in a culture where they feel valued for being 
who they truly are, but for being authentic and feel they can succeed, they're more likely to make that juggling act work. So I point leaders to the culture issue, which is creating a culture of inclusion. And again, before you can jump to, well, how do I do that? It's, well, what are the obstacles from women, women feeling fully included? And I name two factors, the comfort principle and unconscious preferences. Marie, can I, Maria, can I explain those? Please do. I'm, I'm intrigued to hear more. The comfort principle is the common normal when opportunities arise, whether it's a great project or mentoring or client exposure, it's really natural for a leader to think of someone uh, with whom the leader is comfortable, and that's usually someone that's like the leader. And more leaders are white males, and so when those goodies are being handed out by the leader, the advantage tends to go to white males. And that's an obstacle to those who don't uh, necessarily feel as comfortable with the leader. So the comfort principle isn't a bad thing. It's usually unconscious thing. And my goal is to make it conscious so we can monitor it. And the other one similarly is an unconscious thing. I call it unconscious preferences. Others call it affirmative bias. McKinsey calls it unconscious mindsets. It's the images we all carry around at the unconscious level about what leadership and excellence look like. Did you know that the average CEO is six feet while the average man is five foot nine? Mm-hmm. I've heard. I've heard about that. Yes. So, so looking the part actually increases the odds you'll get to try out for the part, mm-hmm. and not looking the part increases the odds that people will focus on how you get results. So, for example, if you have a feminine approach to getting results, that's not comfortable or it's not doesn't fit that unconscious image of how leadership looks, there could be focus on the how rather than on the results. And so the feminine approach maybe isn't as rewarded because of these unconscious preferences. And my goal is to make both of these conscious because if they're conscious... I don't, I don't set out to eradicate these. I set out to make them conscious so that a leader can monitor and make sure they don't create obstacles and get in the way of inclusion. So that's what I think is going on that companies need to understand before they start crafting solutions. Mm-hmm. And then once they've kind of come to grasp with what's going on, how, when, they, when they approach the solution part of it, does that need to be a collaborative approach? I mean, is there a certain um, way that they need to go about it that kind of demonstrates the outcome that they want? I'm just kind of curious about that. Yeah, well, there are lots of things I think um, need to happen. And I, and I actually think kind of a top-down approach is uh, the most effective in this kind of thing. Um, they need to, the companies need to take uh, care of that issue we talked about, work-life balance, by coming up with creative solutions to family roles and multiple paths to success and different career arcs. But this thing about inclusive culture is really about changing hearts and minds. And so it is about increasing awareness and modeling inclusion and uh, making more and more people 
aware of these obstacles, as I call them, and aware of the strengths of multiple approaches, including the strengths of masculine and feminine ways of doing things. And when that awareness is up, then inclusive action can take place and avoid that exhaustion of conforming and, again, get to the upsides of true diversity. So those are sort of general. Um, If you want, I can talk a little bit about specifics about what I think companies can do. Well, and I wish we had time to do that, frankly, (laughs) because we're running out of time, and I want to get one more question in. Um, But I do invite people to read your book because I know – that your book gets into all kinds of great detail. Um, So if people are intrigued by what you're saying today, I do recommend that they check it out along with, of course, your blog. Um, But to wrap it up, um, you know, you mentioned that you were at CORES um, previously. You were actually Senior VP General Counsel at CORES Brewing Company. And I would imagine that that could be a fairly traditional male kind of structure, and you even mentioned that at times that you unconsciously need to conform. I am curious how you ended up supporting women while in that position, uh, both internally and then maybe even externally. Great. Yeah, the beer business is a pretty masculine business, and and they market to men, believe it or not. (laughs) Um, I found myself as the first and only senior woman and sort of reluctantly came to the realization that it was part of my job to be a supporter for other women and to be a role model. So I became sponsored to the affinity group called Women at Coors. Um, I actually pulled together the senior women, women at the director level and above, so we got to know each other, um, and we got to become um, mentors and sponsors to the more junior junior women. We got to know each other versus sort of remaining two-dimensional, which is what happens in a hierarchy. Um, I brought in peer mentoring. We did some salary surveys, and I brought in gender training, which is where my own passion for this began. And uh, Coors and many, many other companies in the Rocky Mountain region joined a group called Women's Vision Foundation, which is... Uh, a leadership development and networking group for corporate women. And I was on that board for nine years and still participate in their leadership development um, and mentoring programs. Well, and clearly having positive role models um, really assists, I think, women in, in understanding that, you know what, you can you can be successful within organizations, even those that are, predominantly male organizations like Coors, and um, just appreciative, Caroline, that you've taken the time to share some thoughts about really leveraging masculine and feminine differences in the workplace for the betterment of the entire workplace. Again, not looking to say one is better than the other, but that that we need them both at the table. And for those who are intrigued uh, about this, I would invite you to check out Caroline's book and also read her blog. It's at difference-works.com. Caroline, any other ways that they can get in contact with you or is that the best one? They can send me an email at caroline at difference-works.com. My phone number is right there on the website and they can sign up for my newsletter and watch my blogs. I got a newsletter coming out today. Fantastic. Well timed. Well, Caroline, thank you so much for being on the show. 
My pleasure. You got it, Maria. <laughs> awesome. And thank you to my producer, George, as well. And join me right here for another edition of First Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. <laughs>